But I'm going to invite you to open up first of all to Romans chapter 3. And we're going to read that verse here in just a minute. But today is our third part on our series Run Christian Run. And I believe with all of my heart that Christians around the world do not know our potential. And I would be bold enough to say that those who are in this room today, you do not know the potential that you truly have. I believe the church is not aware of what we can do. And we have a great commission to fulfill. Jesus told us to go into the world and to make disciples. But we walk around a lot of the time like we're held back and like we're in braces. And what, what we need to do is we need to break out of that. Kind of like this picture of Forrest Gump running. We need to break free from the things that hold us back. Because we, we truly have the ability to run a race and win. And when, when we know who we are, when we know that we have the equipment to do what he's asked us to do, then we can truly run for Jesus Christ. So we need to learn who we are in Christ Jesus. This is the goal of us as Christians. Is to learn what we have and who we are. So that we can go out into this world and make a difference in the lives of people. So we need to break out of what is holding us back. And know that we can do so much more. And so when we know that we are righteous, we can use our authority. And we will begin to see what Jesus saw in his ministry in our lives. We'll begin to see the Bible become a reality for us. And this is not just some fairy tale. This is real, this is powerful. It works in my life. I've seen it work in your lives. It doesn't just work in Estonia. It works all around the world. In every culture. On every continent. It can be impacted by the truth of Jesus Christ. And so I pray through this series. That you're going to realize more and more of your potential in your life. That you'll start taking steps of faith. 
And watch how God will bless you and come through and, and, and honor his word. And I believe as we gain knowledge about the kingdom of God, as we learn who we are in Christ Jesus, and the authority that he has given to us, and you need to know it's, it's his righteousness. It's his authority. But he has given it to us for us to use in this life. And by using our authority that he gives us is the only way for us to run and win. Because we know it's not God's will for us just to run. But that we would run with a purpose. And that we would run to win the prize. And so we, we've seen what Jesus has said. That he gave us authority to do. And we've seen that he, has, his, he gives us authority to stop some things. He gives us authority to allow some things. He gives us authority to overcome. He gives us authority to heal. He gives us authority to set people free. He gives us authority to prosper in life. He gives the authority to win in every situation that you're going to face. And this is why as a Christian and as a believer in Jesus that you have an advantage in every area of life. Because we we have somebody with us who is greater. And his promise is, is, is backing up what, 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 what we're believing him for. And so we need to find his promise. So that we know what to trust him to do in our lives. And this, this is why we come together as a church. To trust God and to learn more and to be encouraged and to be strong. And Jesus has instructed us that when we pray, that we, we, we pray that God's will would be done here on this earth. And so it's not that we're praying God's will to be done in heaven. Because God's will is already done in heaven. You don't need to ask him about that. But we do need to pray for his will to be done in our lives. And we have the authority to activate God's will. Because of our righteousness that he gives to us. That's the reason we have authority. And so Jesus Christ has made us righteous. Jesus Christ took our place. And he gave us his place. He took who we were so that we can be in the place that he is. The Bible says that we are now joint heirs with Christ. In other words, what belongs to him belongs to us. And we look around the church. We look in our own lives. And there's going to be many areas that is not matching up to what, what, what it should be. 
paljusid valdkondi, kus me võime näha, et asjad ei klappi sellega, mis nagu peaks olema. And so the, these messages are not to make you feel bad. Nii et need sõnumid ei ole mitte selle jaoks, et panna sind kuidagi ennast kehvasti tunma. That I'm not even close to what I should be. Et kuule, et ma ei ole ligi lähedalgi sellele, mis ma, milline peaksin olema. But I want this to encourage you to take some steps. Aga ma tahan, et see julgustaks sind, et võtta samme oma elus. Because there's a greater life that is waiting for you. Sest kõvasti vägevam elu on sind ees ootamas. There is more that God has for you if you'll just trust him. Jumalal on kõvasti rohkem meie jaoks varus, kui, kui me lihtsalt usaldame teda. And so here in Romans chapter uh, 3 and verse 22. Nii et siin kirjast Roomlastele kolmandast peadukist ma tahaksin lugeda salmist 22. It talks about this righteousness that Jesus Christ has given to us. Siin räägib sellest õigsusest, mis Juma, Jeesus Kristus on meil annud. It says in this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. And there is no difference in Jew or Gentile. <coughs> Roomlastele kolm, kaks, see Jumala õigus, mis tuleb Jeesusesse, Kristusesse, uskumise kaudu, kõigile, kes usuvad, siin ei ole eri, erinevust. And so this righteousness comes from him. See õigus tuleb Jumala käest. You're, you're not righteous because of you, you're righteous because of him. Sina ei ole õige enda tõttu, vaid seda tõttu, mida Kristus on teinud. And so faith in Jesus Christ nii et usk Jeesusesse, Kristusesse means that you receive his righteousness in your life. Tähendab ka seda, et sa võtad vastu tema õiguse enda elu. And then you can stand before God righteous. Ja siis sa võid seista Jumala ees õigena. You know, standing on God's word et sa seisad Jumala sõnal is what's going to make you uh, uh, make you righteous. See on see, mis teeb sind õigeks. But it's believing his promises aga läbi selle, et sa usult tema tootusid. That is going to give you authority in life. See on see, mis annab sulle meelevalla sinu elus. And so I want to I want us to be righteous. Ja ma tahan, et me oleksime õiged. But I want us to go the, the next step. Aga ma tahan ka, et me võtaksime järgmise samu. And that we would activate our righteousness and use the authority that we have over things in life. Et me kasutaksime oma õigust ja aktiveeriksime Jumala meelevanda enda elus. And so we are righteous because of Jesus. Ja me oleme õiged tänu Jeesusele. And because of that. Ja tänu sellele Satan has no power to stop you. Saatanal ei ole väge and so that means that we can run, Christian. Ja see tähendab, et kristlastena me saame joosta. Amen. Amen. Run. Jookse, kristlane. Do what God told you to do. Tee seda, milleks Jumal on sin kutsunud. Go out and make an impact to those that are around you in life. Mine ja mõjuta neid, kes on sinu ellu pandud. Believe God for his very best for you and for your family. Usu Jumalalt parimat enda ja oma pere jaoks. And you watch and you see what God is going to do. Ja sa vaata ja jälgi, mida Jumal saab tegema sinu jaoks. And so our righteousness is powerful. Ja meie õigus on and prayer is a very powerful way to activate our righteousness in our lives. And it's a powerful way to activate our authority. Now turn with me to Matthew 16, and we, we looked at this over the last couple of weeks. But I just want to read verse 19 again, just to, to get you in the mindset of where we're going today. And Jesus said, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whenever Jesus talks like that, that should make you stop and really listen. If he's going to give you the keys to the kingdom, you should want to know what that is. And so it goes on to say, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And he said, that's the key to the kingdom. 
And as a believer in Christ Jesus, we know we are in the kingdom. And so we have authority in our lives. Jesus said we have authority to make things happen here. And what you allow will be allowed and what you what you stop will be stopped. And so when you pray, first of all, it's important that we pray according to God's word. Because that is when we're going to have results in our lives. We need to get God's word in us. So that when we pray, the word of God comes out of us. Amen. You want the word coming out. And so when you pray, it's not just, just your words. But you're taking God's promise and you're praying the promises. Not just, not just your own idea. Oh God, it sure would be great if this happened. But that you begin to pray and you pray the promise along with your desire. And that is when you're going to begin to see the results in your life. And we're, we're told to pray God's will be done. And when you pray the word, you're praying his will. Amen. The word of God is the will of God. That's why it's important for us to know what the word of God says so that our prayers can be effective. And then we use the name of Jesus as that guarantee to the promise. And, and so our prayers, are when we pray from, from that perspective, when we pray according to his word, that is the prayer that God will hear and that is the prayer that God will answer and so our prayer of binding and loosing or stopping and, and allowing that is not us praying just God's will that is us using our will to pray that I want you to know when you pray according to God's word for your life. You use your will to pray that. Your will. You choose what you have in life. It's by your decisions that you've made in the past. It has brought you to the place that you are today. And the decisions that you make today are going to take you to your future. All right? And so it's up to us to choose what kind of future we're going to have. And it's up to us to, to grab onto the word of God and grab onto his promise. And with our will, we choose to pray and believe this is going to happen for me. That is the righteous taking authority on the earth. Why? 
Because we have authority in the name of Jesus. That's how we could take that authority. That's how we could believe God to come through on his promise. And again, you have more available to you than I think any of us really know. Now as we look at Jesus' teachings, go ahead and turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Majority of Jesus' teachings while he was here on the earth was not about Jesus having authority. He didn't go around preaching, I have authority. And I could use my authority. Well, you don't need to make Jesus sound goofy. <laughs> Jesus said, I, uh, you know, it's not about me. This is about you. And he was teaching and using, uh, he was teaching us to use our authority. And then he would use his authority as an example for us. But Jesus' teaching when he would teach is to get the people to use their authority. And here in Matthew chapter 7, we see that people are amazed and they are shocked. Me näeme seda, kuidas inimesed on šokis selles, kuidas Jeesus räägib. At what Jesus taught, yes. Yeah. <laughs> they were amazed at his teachings. Nad olid tema õpetuse suhtes täis šokis. They couldn't believe what they're hearing. Nad ei suutnud uskuda, mida Jeesus neile rääkis. Why do you think that is? Miks arvad, et see nii oli? Well, let's read this here in Matthew chapter 7, 28 and 29. It says, and when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. If Jesus was just praying that, or just preaching that God was, was almighty and incredible and wonderful. People aren't going to be amazed at that. They would say, well, of course he is. And if he was saying, you know, I, you know, I, I have the authority to, to do things in, in this world. Because I am the son of God. People would be thinking, eh, okay, good for you. But they wouldn't be amazed. What amazed them? Verse 29 says, because he taught as one who had authority and, and not as the teachers of the law. Now this is, this is one way that the translators have chosen to translate this. That Jesus taught as one who had authority et and that is true. But if you look into the Greek on this and you could do a study later on you will see that as, as this is translated it could also be translated like this that Jesus taught as uh, uh, taught them how to hold authority Jesus taught them how to hold authority unlike the religious teachers of the law religious teachers of the law 
<laughs> right? And so this, this is how it could be translated here. I believe this. Jesus was not just teaching that he had authority. And they were not amazed at him just because he taught with authority. They'd be impressed, but no, maybe not amazed. You know, if, if I get up and I teach with authority, you're not going to be amazed. You might think, well, that guy thinks he knows what he's talking about. You might be impressed, but not amazed. But once Jesus starts teaching and he turns it around, and said, it's not just about me using my authority, but you could go hold and use your authority. That is what begins to amaze the people who are hearing him teach. I believe a large portion of the teachings of Jesus as you read throughout the Bible I'm sorry, I just got to do this because it, they scare me. Oh, I hate them, I hate them, I hate them. Yeah. Oh. And we'll cut that from the video. Because the pastors do not kill. Okay. Oh, I just didn't want the spider to crawl on Tulika and I didn't know what to do. Alright. <laughs> Whew, that scares me. I'm sorry. That's, my heart's pounding right now. It doesn't scare me to stand before you and teach, but it scares me to kill us. Okay, I should have had somebody else do that because that's scary. Anyway, Jesus' teaching was not about him using authority. But as you read throughout the New Testament, you're going to find that a majority of Jesus' teaching was trying to get the people to use their authority. For trying to get, get, get his followers to go out into the world and use their authority. Not just bring people to me so I could use my authority. But Jesus said, you go out into the world and use your authority. You lay hands on the sick. You pray and get your answers. You trust God to meet your needs. Seek him and he's going to do it for you. Don't be so concerned about me having to do it for you. You go take authority for yourself. And this is the teaching that the people went. Wow. Ja see on see õpetus, mille peale inimesed mõtlesid, wow! This is what amazed people. See oli see, mis tekitas hämmastus nendest. It's when they began to realize they don't need anybody else to do things for them. Kui nad hakkasid mõistma, et neil ei ole vaja, et keegi teine teeks nende eest kõik ära. But that they have authority that has been given by Jesus. Vaid, et neil endil on meelevald, mille Jeesus on neil annud. That they can stand themselves and believe God to meet their own needs. Et nad saavad ise seista ja uskuda Jumalalt neid asju, et nendest toimiks nende elus. They don't have to let the 
devil run all over them in their life. Man, Jesus is trying to get us to use our authority. So that we would again rule and reign in our own lives. Just like God wanted it to be in the very beginning. It's by faith in God and by faith in his promises. That we can have God's blessing in our lives. But this is not just something that Jesus came up with and Jesus wanted to teach. We're going to see this is something that has been throughout the word of God. And Jesus is teaching us to stand up and use our authority. And then we look at this and we, we look as, as we read on just in the next chapter. And we see that there's a, there's a Roman centurion in Matthew chapter 8. And he said, I am a man who also is under authority. No, this guy, not Jesus. I, I have, I, I'm a man who's under authority and I have people under my authority. And, and, and I understand what authority is all about. Ja, mõista, mida and so obviously this guy has heard Jesus teach on authority. And so Jesus, he comes to Jesus and he says, all I need for you to do is just speak the word. And if you truly are the Messiah, ja, kui sa Messias, it'll be done. I understand authority. And if you have authority, speak the word. And so he understood this, this, this uh, relationship in authority. And this man, he came and he got what he, what he believed God for that day. Because he knew how authority works. And this is what Jesus is trying to get us to operate in. This is why verses 28 and 29, the people are so amazed. Because God is wanting to get us to a place where that we are we're we're walking in what He has designed for us to do. And this is why I try to remind you every week about the promises of God. Every, every time you come to church, I'm trying to remind you about who you are. Because I because if you know what God desires for you in your life, then you can live in the blessings by using your authority. By using your authority. By doing what Jesus taught us to do. And so it's not just knowing what he wants. And it's not just knowing what the Bible says. But it's applying what the Bible says to our lives. Amen. Amen. Apply these things. Use the truth of God's word. And you're going to see your life begin to change supernaturally. And we see uh, again when, when, when uh, Jesus 
taught about authority. Ja, näha, and when he taught about us reigning in life and making decisions for ourselves. Ja kui ta rääkis sellest, et me valitseksime oma elud üle ja teeksime ise otsuseid. Some people think that this is a, a new, new teaching and it's really it's not. Ja mõned inimesed mõtlevad, et see on nagu uus õpetus, aga tegelikult see ei ole absoluutselt. Because we could look back at the very beginning. And we could see what God desired for us to, to be like. What God wanted for us as, as, as his children on the earth. And, and some people think that God is just in control of everything. And that you know he is he is he is God and he will do what he wants to do and we just have no choice in the matter. And what that does is it makes a bunch of lazy Christians. That we just sit around and just wait for God to do what God's gonna do. But uh, God himself said in the very beginning. In the books of Moses, in Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 30, um, uh, he, he talks about uh, there, I, I will give you uh, a choice. He said there, there's, there's, there's life and death, and there's blessing and curses. And I give you a choice, you choose. And then he said, ütles, choose life. I want you to choose what is good. Don't choose what is bad. It's your choice what you have in life. And so this is what God said in the very beginning. We see it all through the Old Testament. We see it all through the New Testament. That it is our choice whether we have the blessings or the curse in our life. If there's a part of your life that's not working like the Bible says make some different choices. And he said I set before you today this decision. My desire is that you make the right choice. But what God's really saying is it's your choice. It's your choice. And if God is truly in control of everything, if everything that happens is God's will, if people die, it's God's will, if people live, it's God's will. If God is really in control of everything, God would not have told us to choose in life. He would have just said something like this. Some people are going to live and some people are going to die. Some people will have blessing and some people will live with the curse. I am God, I'll choose what I want. That's not what God said. God said, no, I want you to have the best, so choose what is right. 
So here back even in the Old Testament, they are the ones that had authority over their life. And now today, we have a covenant that's better than theirs. Because of Jesus Christ. Because of what he has given to you. Through his death and his burial and his resurrection. We have authority in his name. It takes it far beyond anything that we've had before. And so now we truly have more authority to choose ja nüüd, what we have in life. And so God is wanting us to get to a place that we walk in the blessings because we choose what is right. We choose to believe his word is true. We choose to believe that his promise belongs to me. Why? Because I am such a good person and he should really like me. Because everybody else likes me and so does God. No, that's not why. It's not about you. It's all about Jesus. Amen. You have authority because of Jesus, not because of you. It's the righteousness he gave to you, not the righteousness you make of yourself. And so Jesus told us that we have the authority to choose what we're going to have in life. And we can choose to break out of what's holding us. We can choose to, to break free from things that have tried to stop us in life. I don't know about you, but I choose to run. I'm going to choose to run like the wind, like Forrest Gump said. I, I, I choose to soar like the eagles, like the prophets said. I want to do all that God said I can do. But I've got to know what his word says is possible for me. So that I can stand on that promise and in the righteousness of Christ Jesus. I can claim that for me. For my family. For our church. For you. I can stand in faith and believe God with you. For you to have God's blessing in your life. And so this is all about what we choose. It's not about God being in control of everything. And so thank God we have authority. To make the choices that will help us to run. Now turn with me to 1 John. I want to look here at the, the power of prayer. But John here, he's summarizing some things in 1 John chapter 5. He's writing his first letter here to the church. And as he ends this letter, he's writing for... for He's, he's telling us what his heart is behind this. And here in verse 13, he says, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you would know that you have 
eternal life. He said, I want you to know what you have. I want you to know what Jesus has given us. We have eternal life. Verse 14, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And verse 15, and since we know that he hears us, we know that we... Uh, uh, we know that he hears us when we make our request we also know that he will give us what we ask for so if we know that he hears us we know that he's going to give us the answer to our prayers. And so he's, John is encouraging us to believe in the Son of God. And in two areas. Number one, that, that you know, you get saved. That's important. That we would get saved and have eternal life. And then the second thing he says here, the reason he's writing to the church. Is that we would use the name of Jesus with authority. That we would understand what prayer is all about. So that when we pray, things happen. This is why I'm writing this to you, he said. That you would receive eternal life. And that you would see God work in your life. Through the authority of the name of Jesus. That's awesome. Man, I wish the church believed that. I wish more people thought that this was true. That whatever we ask for, God hears. And he will answer. Man, I wish that was, was where the church was at. But what I have, the problem I see with a lot of churches, the problem I see with a lot of the teaching on prayer is that sometimes they will focus on one verse and they will make that verse one of the foundational doctrines of a whole subject and a lot of times they're taking something out of context and trying to put it into somewhere that it doesn't belong and this is why you have so much different teaching on prayer in, in different churches and I just don't understand it. We need to be careful that we don't do that. Be careful that you don't take just one verse and say, well, this must be how it is and everything. You know, it's like Jesus praying in the garden. And a lot of people take this as, as the, the foundation scripture for their prayer life. Look here in Matthew 26 verse 39. Matthew 26 39. It says, and my father, Jesus is praying, says, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. And so churches read that. 
Just like Jesus didn't know what God's will was. But I got my will, but you've got yours. Let yours be done. And so we are just to pray, God, just do whatever you want to do in our lives. Not my will, but yours be done. And we think that's a really holy prayer. God, not my will, but yours be done. My child is sick. We might have to take him to the hospital. But not my will, yours be done. If it is your will. If it is your will to help us today. If it is your will to give me wisdom today. God, if it's your will to meet our needs. I sure want you to meet my needs. But not my will, Lord, yours be done. And they take this one verse. And they make this a foundation of how they pray. And they, they, they forget everything else Jesus taught on prayer. And they let all that go. Buying and, buying and loose things. No, we don't want to do that. You know, we don't, we don't want to pray our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. We believe you'll do it now. We believe you'll do it here. No, 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 no. He said, no. God, your will be done. Not mine, but yours. I want to be happy, but not my will, but yours be done. And if I'm not happy, it must not be God's will. And then we pray for people. And if we don't get answers to our prayers, I'm sorry, man. This must not be God's will for you. You know, somebody comes who's sick and, and we pray. And they don't get well. Sorry, it's not God's will. If it was God's will, he'd heal you, but it must not be. Have a nice life. Where did we get... That thinking about God. And it's not just in a few Christians, it's in a lot of Christians that think that. For hundreds of years, the church has had a mentality that God is in control of everything. And if there is a war and people die, it must have been God's will. And people in Iraq and Afghanistan and all the, the things going on in the Middle East, it's just God's will. People starving in Africa, yes, it's God's will. That's not God's will. We know it's not God's will. God wants his people to be blessed. He desires for you to be blessed. He desires for you to walk in life. So what's God's will? 
He wants everything good for you, just like we want for our children. Ta tahab kõike head sinule nõnda, nagu meie tahame omalastele kõike head. But what's the problem in Christians' lives? Milles on probleem kristlaste eludes? God said the choice is yours. Jumal ütles, et see valik on sinu teha. What's the problem? Milles probleem seisneb? We're not making the right choice. Nii tee õigid valikud oma elus. What's the problem? Milles on probleem? We're not choosing to believe the promise. Me ei otsusta uskuda seda taotust. We're not choosing life. Me ei vali elu. Why are we not seeing more of the power of God on our daily lives? Miks me ei näe rohkem Jumala väge oma igapäeva elus? Because we are not believing that God is going to show up like he promised that he Sest me ei usu, et Jumal tuleb ilmutada ennast väeliselt nagu nagu Let's choose life. Valigeme elu. Let's choose blessing. Valime õnnistused oma elus. Let's choose to believe that God's will will be done in my life. Otsustame uskuda, et Jumal on taheteeliselt saab toimema minu elus. And so over and over and over. Need ikke jälle uuesti. The Bible is trying to teach us how to pray. Old Testament, New Testament, teaching us how to pray. And, and if, you re- you know, if you receive the answer or not to your prayer, it should not be the thing that helps you to determine what God's will is for you. If you don't receive the answer to your prayer, Kui sina ei saa oma palvele vastust. And you think well it must not be God's will. Ja sa mõtled, et kuule see uusi see ei ole Jumala tahe. If you pray and say, you know, I got a pain in my leg today. Kui sa palvetad ja mõtled, et kuule mul on täna jalas on palu. And God if it's your will heal me. Ja Jumala, kui see on sinu tahe, siis tee mind terveks. And then it doesn't get healed and you think okay, I guess it wasn't your will. Ja siis ei saa terveks, siis mõtled, kuule see uusi see on Jumala sinu tahtmine. Does that mean it's not God's will to heal? Kas sa tähendab, et see ei ole Jumala tahtmine teha sind terveks? No. Hey, Jesus already paid a price. Jesus juba maksis hinna. And in the weeks to come here in just a few weeks it's the greatest celebration on the Christian calendar. Ja tulevatel nädalatel on tulemas üks suurimaid tähtpäevasi kristlikus kalendris. Where Jesus goes to the cross and gets victory for us. Kus Jeesus läheb ristile ja 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 saab võidu meie eest. The Bible says it's by the stripes that he took. Ja Bible tägib nende vermetele mis tema võttis ristile peal. That we have health and healing. Selle läbi kuulub meile tervis ja tervenemine. It's already done. It must be his will. He's see, already did it. And now we receive it by activating the authority in his name. Over and over and over, the Bible tells us we're the ones that have authority on earth. We're the ones who make the choice. God's already made his. God's already told us what his will is. Jesus said, seek him and all this is going to take care take care of itself. But it's your choice. You choose. Man, the church needs to wake up and we need to start stop blaming God for what's wrong and we need to start looking at ourselves for what's wrong. Stop blaming God. Start looking at yourself. Stop saying, well, God must not be God's will for my family to be happy because we are so messed up. 
Well, just because your family is a mess doesn't mean it's God's will. If you're struggling financially, it doesn't mean it's God's will. If you have hurt on the inside, it doesn't mean it's God's will. Well, God's just trying to make me stronger. I've got to fight through. That's not God's will. God wants you to be free. God wants you to be blessed. How then can I have that? Because that sounds good to everybody here, right? Let's all leave here healthy and prosperous and happy. Awesome. How's that going to happen? It's by us getting a revelation of who you need to know who you are not in this world but in Christ Jesus what has he given to you what what has he already provided what has he done to give you life what has he done to bless you John is trying to emphasize something here he's talking about this eternal life and he's saying that it comes from this righteousness it comes from this relationship we have with Jesus we know about John how much he loved the Lord we know how much he he he, he was you know, he just wanted to be with him. He trusted him in every situation. John was in the inner circle of, of the disciples. He was one of the three that were closest to Jesus. And so he's saying, I want you to know what this eternal life is all about. And I want you to know that there's a righteousness that comes in Christ Jesus. And it's not of yourself. It's all about him. You know, on Paul, when Paul wrote, this is what Paul said. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. 517. Did I write the wrong? Okay, maybe. I says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new cre- the new creation has come. No, that no, I, I I put the wrong verse. Give okay. me five seconds. I get uh, it. Yeah, seventeen. It's, it's just uh, it's not there. Yeah. All right. Second Corinthians five seventeen says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. Uh, Three seventeen. Yeah. Five seventeen. And so the old is gone and the new has come. A little bit later on in the same chapter, verse 21, it says, For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering of sin for us so that we might be made righteous with God through Christ. And so, so Paul is saying if anybody is in Christ, he's made new. 
And even though we are, we, we've all sinned, we are made new and we are become a new creation in Christ and, and it is like we've never sinned and we have been made righteous in Christ Jesus and you're sitting there thinking but I know that I've sinned and I know that I'm kind of not a really good person and I screwed up five times just this week and I'm so far from being perfect and so I know I'm not righteous you're not righteous because of you. This isn't about your works. This is about what Jesus did and we put our faith in him. And so this is what John is talking about. He's talking about accepting what Jesus did for us. And that our righteousness is from Jesus. And because of our righteousness in Christ. When we pray God hears us and he answers our prayers. Because we're righteous, not because we did so many right things. It's because of Jesus, not because of you. And so our righteousness should be the foundation of our Christian life. And John uses this relationship as a foundation for us to pray from. And he said, this is how God is going to hear and answer your prayer. It's when you know who you are in Christ. That you're new and that you're righteous. And then we look at Peter, what he says about this. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 12. It says, and for uh, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayers. Siin ütleb, et sest isanda silmad on õigeste poole ja tema kõrvad on lahti nende anumistele. Who's God listening to? Keda Jumal kuulab? It's not a trick question. Who's, who's God listening to? Keda Jumal kuulab? The righteous. Õigeid. The righteous. Õigeid. Oh, but I haven't been very righteous this week. Now, how are you righteous? It's by Jesus. And so when we put our faith in him, when we become a Christian, in the eyes of God, you are righteous. If Jesus Christ is not your Lord, you are not righteous. Because we all screw up. But because of him, we can stand before God as if nothing is wrong. And we can be bold to pray. And know that he hears our prayer and know that he'll answer those prayers. Because we're praying according to his word, according to his will. Word and, word and will. Yeah. And so uh, righteousness is defined as this. Right standing with God. Uh, it's the ability to stand in God's presence without the guilt of your sin. 
That's what righteousness is. That's a definition that is globally accepted. And I believe that is right, and I thank God for that. And I agree with this definition. But this word righteous here that is used in the Hebrew and the Greek, it actually means that all things being made right. The definition of righteousness is everything being made right. Or this, that things are put back together in its proper order. And so when we are made righteous, that means in our life, everything is put back in its proper place. And so, you know, to, to understand this, we've got to go back to the very beginning. Go back to the Garden of Eden. You see, uh, Adam, uh, he, he ruled the Garden. He had authority. Everything that he did and everything that, that, that you know, whatever he wanted, it, it, was, it was done. But then Adam sinned and, and then came the fall. And because of his sin, he became unrighteous. When he was righteous, he ruled. When he became unrighteous, he no longer ruled. And God's original plan was for the righteous to have authority on the earth. God made us in his image. And God never intended for unrighteous people to have authority. But now God's plan is fulfilled through Christ Jesus. Now God's plan is fulfilled through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. And now the seeds of Jesus, that's us. We are the ones who have authority on the earth. And, and we are the ones who have been born again. The blood of Jesus has covered our hearts and our lives. We become new creations in Christ. And the eyes of God are watching over the righteous. That means he's watching over you. And he hears your prayers. That is a powerful, powerful truth. It will change the way you pray. It will change the way you read the Bible. It will change the way that you trust and believe God for what he can do in your life. And so if, if John and Paul and Peter, if, if what they all had to say is true, and Peter here, he's actually quoting the Old Testament in the Psalms, and so that means that, that the whole Bible we're talking about. And so if this is all true, and if their prayer life was a success because of their righteousness, then God listening to their prayers and answering their prayers is not because of them, but it's because of Jesus. 
Jesus. That's why Jesus said, ask anything in my name and it will be done. You don't ask it in your own name. God, because I've been so good, bless me. Because I'm awesome. I'm the best I can be. So bless me. No, it's not about you. It's about Jesus. Do you want to try to be your best? Be your best. The whole the title of this thing is run. Go, do it. Be the best you can be. But know that your authority comes not because of you, but because of Jesus. And so... If, if, if this is all going to be true, yeah, then God is going to listen to their prayers because they're righteous. Listen, this is why the devil tries so hard to get you to think that you're unrighteous. That you're going to feel like, I don't belong. Why do some people not come to church on a Sunday morning? Ah, I don't belong there. Those are for all the good people. I'm not a good I don't belong there because I screw up so much I'm not ready to change my life so I don't belong there that's not a place for me because I'm not what the Bible says that I should be and some people come to church or not based on how good they were on Friday and if they were good on Friday then they'll come to church on Sunday but if they screw up on Friday night waking up not remembering where they, how they got there they feel like oh I'm not worthy to go to church that should not be your, your, your actions should not be the basis of your relationship with God Your relationship with God is because Jesus Christ paid a price that is so much greater. And so uh, we need to know who we are. And our righteousness is not based on our actions. Our righteousness is because of Jesus. You know, and, and there was a, a poll taken by Christians a couple years ago. You and so one of the questions in this poll to Christians was, do you believe in prayer? üks nendest küsimustest, mis selle suuringus oli kristlastele, oli see, kas usub palvesse. 98% of Christians said, yes, I believe in prayer. 98% inimestest kirjutasid, et jah, ma usun palvesse. And then several more questions were asked. And then another question in there is, do you have answers to your prayers? 20% of Christians said that they get answers to their prayers. My question is this. Why would 98% of Christians believe in something that doesn't work. I think the 2% that don't believe in prayer, they just maybe were uninformed and maybe new Christians and I don't know why. 
et need 2% ma ei tea miks nad ei ei uskunud võib-olla oli uue kristlased ja mis iganes maybe it's because they've had so many things that didn't get answers they just chose to believe that okay prayer doesn't work võib-olla neil oli nii palju vastamata palveid et nad otsustasid siis uskuda et okei okay, just palveid toimi but there's only 20% of christians that say they get answers to their prayers when you prayed you get answers kui sa palvad et sa saab vastuseid i hope there's more than 20% in this church that would say yes. <laughs> Or else we we got a lot of teaching <laughs> I want you to be strong in prayer. That doesn't mean you know how to pray. That means that you get answers to your prayers. Amen. It's not just the sounding right. That you have all the, the holy words and the right phrases. And it's about having a prayer that is effective and that works. And I think there's a big difference. By what the Bible says that prayer is. And what many Christians prayer life actually is. This is a problem. This is a problem. Many Christians prayer life is very weak. Some Christians prayer life think that it's, you know, if I could just pray the, the Father's prayer in the morning, I'm doing good. Father John Hammond, I'd be an Seven seconds and you're done. You know, phew, spent my time with God, I'm gone. They don't even know what they're saying. <laughs> they just repeat it like a robot. And think that they've got a, got a good prayer life. Pray every day. Seven seconds. <laughs> We need to understand what prayer is. Prayer is taking authority. And Peter and John tell us that uh, prayers are answered because of who we are. Knowing that you're righteous. And I think many do not know that they're already righteous. And so they wait for somebody else to pray for them. They send me a text and say, Pastor, please pray for me. I have this in my life. And I pray, but they don't pray for themselves. Because they don't feel like they can. I, I hope you are not relying on my prayer for your blessing. I hope that you're going to begin to take authority for your own life. I will pray. And I will believe God. But if you too are not praying and believing God, you're just wasting my time. Because Jesus didn't say, have your pastor pray and ask. He said, you pray and you ask. You take authority for your life. And you watch how God's going to come through. All right, James. 
Okay, Jakobus. James chapter 5. And this is where I wanted to get to today. James chapter 5 verses 14 through verse 16. Jakobus 5. Uh, says if anyone among you is sick let him call on the elders of the church and pray over them and anoint them in the name of the Lord and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well and the Lord will raise them up and if they've sinned they'll be forgiven Ja usupalve päästab tõvise ja isand tõstab üles ja kui ta on patud teinud, siis antaks ta landeks. So we see here it's God's will to heal. Ja me näeme siin, et see on Jumala tahe, et teha terveks. He didn't say, and I'll heal him if it's my will. Ta ei öelnud, et ma teen terveks, kui see on minu tahe. No, he said, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Ei, ta ütles, et pange käed haigete peale ja ma teen terveks. And the prayer of faith is what's going to be effective. Ja usupalve on see, mis on efektiivne. And then in verse 16 it says, therefore, if any uh, confess your sins, to uh, each other and pray for each other so that you're, you may be healed and the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Whose prayer? The pastor's prayer. No, no, no. The Ei. righteous person. Who's righteous? Anybody who believes in Jesus. So this is talking about you and your prayer. That your prayer can be powerful and effective. And it is God's will for everyone to be healed. And so because of that, we can boldly pray for healing every time. I don't have to pray, well, Lord, if it's your will, would you please do something in this body? If you start praying like that, I'm going to walk away. That's not what I believe. I believe it already is God's will and he's tried so hard to get us to understand. And I'm not waiting to see if it's God's will to heal. I know it's his will to heal. How do I know? He sent his son to take a punishment for my health. That you could walk in, in, in divine health every day of your life. That's how I know. So I can pray for you and when I lay hands on you, I believe God that there's healing power available. And we've seen miracles. We've seen God change bodies instantly. We've seen people be set free. And it's in the name of Jesus and the authority that comes by him. It's not about us. It's not about how holy you are if you're going to get healed or not. It's about do you trust and believe that his righteousness gives you what you need. And so the prayer of faith heals the sick. The prayer of faith heals the sick. The prayer of faith heals the sick. The prayer of faith is what's powerful. The prayer of faith is what's going to make a difference. But listen. If you don't know 
If it's God's will, you cannot pray in faith. Kui sa ei tea, kas see on Jumala tahe, siis sa ei saab aluta seda. If you don't know it's God's will, how can you have faith? If your prayer is God, if it's your will, heal this person. Or if it's your will, heal me. That means you don't know his will, so you can't pray in faith. You're just hoping that you're going to get lucky. That maybe God is in a good mood today. <laughs> Can somebody get him a cup of coffee before I pray? <laughs> no, uh, the prayer of a righteous man. <laughs> the prayer of a righteous man <laughs> is powerful. The prayer of a righteous man works. The prayer of a righteous man is going to get results. You need to know that you're righteous. This is our third week on this already and I feel like we're just starting. Because I'm trying to tell you who qualifies for a powerful prayer. And it's the righteous that qualifies. It's those that stand in Christ not standing in your own works. And now we know that, that every believer has been made right by Jesus. That we're in right standing with God. That we don't have to be ashamed of our sin. But we stand in Christ and we boldly ask in His name. And we know God's will is going to be done. And so we're bold with our prayers. That is a prayer that God hears and that is a prayer that God hears. And then James here at the end, uh, let me just read this last thing and we'll close. This 17 and 18, the next verses here, James explains the type of person that he's talking about. And he said, it's like Elijah. He was a human being, just like we are. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And again he prayed the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. I think it's very interesting that Elijah was the, Elijah was the one that he chose as the example. Elijah was the one that faced the prophets of Baal. He prayed. Fire came down from heaven. Took up the, 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 the offering and the altar. Uh, just a powerful, powerful moment. 450 prophets of Baal, he killed them all. Uh, uh, 450 a powerful powerful moment everybody standing there knew that there's only one God <laughs> and Elijah's God is the God overall and then the queen hears about what he did and she puts out a hit on Elijah and, and she says somebody go kill that guy and he gets afraid and he runs away he had just killed 450 
top guys. He just seen God come through like an amazing way. And one woman tells, tells somebody to go kill him. And he runs away. Stopped believing God. He didn't think that he could do anything. I'm just going to go starve down here by the river. I don't care. Yeah, and so here, this is the guy that he uses as the example. I like how he says, Elijah, he's a guy just like us. He's just like you and me. He's just a man. He's just trying to get through life, and some days are good and some days are bad. Some days he was really strong in his faith, and other days he was weak in faith. But listen, when he prayed, he knew how to pray because he was righteous. James says his prayer worked. Because he was righteous when he prayed for it to rain, the heavens made rain. And so, so even though righteous people can make mistakes, when righteous people pray, God hears and God answers those prayers. And so God's intention has always been for the righteous to take authority and for the righteous to speak what is God's will on earth. We choose what we want. We need to find God's will and claim it for ourselves. And so God's intention is that our prayers would be based on his will. And his intention has always been to give the righteous authority on earth. From the time of Adam through the Old Testament into the New Testament that the righteous have authority. And now to us who are the church that through Christ Jesus we have authority. And so we need to learn who we are. That we would learn God's will. That we would study his word. Know who you are in Christ Jesus. Know what he has given to you. What does it mean that we are blessed? What blessings do we have? The famous Christian line, God bless you. <laughs> what does that mean? You'd ask some Christians, oh, I don't know, it means good things, I guess. <laughs> no, there's specific things that blessing means. What are you believing God for? When, God, when somebody says, God bless you, you say, I'll take that because that's what I'm believing. You need to get a revelation of the fact that you're righteous. You want your prayers to work? You want your prayers to be powerful and effective? Get a revelation of who you are in Christ. And then we take our authority in his name. We pray and believe that God's will will be done. And I believe when we do that, there's a bold assurance that comes. There's a faith that's going to rise up in our hearts. 
südames. And then when we pray, we're going to see the results. Ja kui me paletame, siis me näeme ka tulemusi. And you can boldly go out and run. Ja sa võid julgelt minna ja joosta. And so I'll just end where I started. <laughs> ma lõpetan täna sellega, millega ma lõpetasin. Run, Christian, run. Jookse, Kristine, jookse. Know who you are. Tea, kes sa oled. And run, Christian. Ja jookse. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? Let me pray over you. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is true. I thank you that we can take your promises. And we can activate them in our lives by faith. And I thank you that, that, that the prayer of the righteous is effective. That the prayer of the righteous will work. That the prayer of the righteous will bring results in people's lives. Heavenly Father, I pray.